All right, lads and lasses, and good day, mates. Welcome to another episode of the Tune Under Podcast, the Southern Hemisphere's number one podcast for all things Newcastle United. We're back with another weekly update. This is actually the second one of this week because there's that much going on. Uh, so I thought I'd better stick another podcast in here to cover the news from the last few days. Uh, in this episode, we are going to be covering the Chelsea game that happened this morning for us, at least over there in America. Uh, we've got news on outgoing transfers. And then we've also got news on the fan zone that was recently announced by Newcastle United. And then also the uh, just dropped out of nowhere trailer from Amazon about the upcoming documentary that we've all been waiting for about Newcastle United, which looks absolutely mental. Uh, and then we'll finish off with a little bit more information about the competition that we are running um, to win a Newcastle shirt. Uh, before we get into all that, please do give us a like and subscribe on YouTube. Help us push those numbers forward. And I've got Dimmy here joining me to go through this. And Dimmy, let's just crack right on it uh, with the Chelsea game. So first of all, 10.15 a.m. kickoff for us this morning. How good is that, man? That is absolutely brilliant. That is probably the closest we'll ever get to a 3 p.m. Uh, so that was that was the first thing I just kind of absolutely loved. Um, let's have a look at the, uh, before we get into that, let's have a look at the, the team lineups. So Newcastle. Went with a pretty strong team, didn't we? We started off with Dubravka, then it was Trips, Shaw, Botman and Byrne at the back. Then you have Joe Linton, Tonali, uh, Lewis Miley, uh, Almiron, Gordon and Isaac. Um, what do you reckon that, of that uh, start-up there, Demi? And also um, the bench as well, because that was quite interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, so first of all, with the bench, I think it was clear that Eddie thought most of the players who started today would be playing most of the game. So it's sort of half the players today, half the players for the game in a couple of days. So I think that was his thinking in terms of the bench being so young and only like five or six players on the bench who were going to, who were going to come on. So that was the thinking there in terms of the starting lineup. It was interesting that we went back to our back four besides obviously Popey not in goals, but it was the back four that we think will be the back four barring any signings in, in game one in a couple of weeks. So that was, that was interesting to see. It was good to see Joe Linton back, but I think, the headline, which we'll probably talk about in a minute, was probably young Lewis Miley in the midfield, and his reputation is just growing by the by the second every time he's on the pitch. So it was great to see him in in that strong lineup, and yeah, we'll talk about it in a sec. But he definitely didn't look out of place. No, he absolutely did not. Yeah, we'll come to him in a minute. Let's just mention what uh, Chelsea rocked up with. And uh, <laughs> apologies for all of these names that I'm going to get wrong because these names are something else. Uh, Aras Balalaga in goal, uh, James, Chalabar, Humphreys, Cucurella, uh, Cassidy, 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 I don't know, Fernandez, uh, Matston, Nkuku, uh, Mudrick, and Jackson. Um, pretty strong team, I think, there, Dimmy. Um, quite a lot of changes on the bench as well. Um, and just getting into the game itself, first 10 minutes, it was just all Newcastle. It was it was possession football. It was uh, Newcastle probing and trying to find an opening. And then on eleven minutes, what goes and happens? They go and score, don't they? Uh, <laughs> right against the run of play, it's a lovely through ball through the back of the defence, cuts it off. The the, the centre backs, um, I think it was Botman in particular, just didn't have the pace to make up the space. And Jackson kind of slotted past uh, Dubravka in goal. So first of all, 
on that 10 minutes worth of pressure, we started off like this was a proper Premier League game, in my opinion. It wasn't, it didn't come across as a friendly. Certainly, Joe Linton doesn't think it's a friendly. I don't think he does <laughs> friendlies, does he? <laughs> um, but Definitely also, the not. goal. Do you think um, Dubrovka could have done better there? Do you think Popey might have done a little bit better? Yeah, well, we, we do know Popey to be so great with his feet, and especially on those one on one situations, he, he is very good. And potentially, he could, he could have done better. I think the issue for us, more so than the actual run being made in behind our defenders. I mean, most strikers are going to have centre-backs for pace. So when when the attacking midfielder has time to pick a pick a pass, and he, to be fair, the young lad for Chelsea put a beautiful ball in behind, it's a bit hard for Cher or Botman to, to keep pace with most probably quality Premier League strikers. And this young boy that they've bought from Villarreal, he looked quite good this morning, Jackson. So Looks fast, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he looked rapid. So... That was that was obviously the danger for us, but yeah, Dubravka could have done better. But it was a good start from us. We did press very high, and you're right, Jolinson was snapping into challenges, and we looked like at our almost not at not our best, but our Premier League intensity in terms of how aggressive we were with our pressing. And obviously, when the pressing didn't work and they had a bit of space in behind our our back four, we we conceded. So that was disappointing. But yeah, it it was a a progressive start more so than the game before. Yeah. Look right off the goal. I mean, this is preseason. So it's, it's, it's kind of pointless trying to, to break down a game like this uh, when primarily what you want is, is, is minutes in the legs. Um, and by God, a few people got those today, didn't they? Um, but it, it was interesting after the goal. So before the goal and sort of right after the goal, it was, it was back to Newcastle being in possession and, and trying to probe and, um, to my eyes, it looked a lot like Chelsea were doing the similar sort of thing that uh, Aston Villa did in the previous game, where they were kind of happy to stick bodies behind the ball, let us kind of mince around the middle, mince around the edges. Uh, but with the amount of bodies that they had in front of us, we we kind of struggled to find a way through. And that's that's a story that we've we've come up against a few times uh, last season, isn't it? Um, have we been? Is, is this just? You know, this is just pre-season. It doesn't really matter. Or do you think these teams, particularly the ones that are going to be challenging with us at the top of the table, are they are they are they trying to have they worked us out a little bit? Maybe. I'm not sure if they've worked us out, but definitely the way to play us and the teams who did better against us last year were the ones who sat quite deep and, and sort of invited us onto them. The ones who tried to be aggressive and attack us got got pants because our press was so good. So. I think you feel that the games last year against Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, they were both very defensive, very deep teams, and we seemed to struggle to create a lot of chances. And it, it is going to be our Achilles heel, I think, until we replenish the squad to a point where we've got just quality on every line and, and, and sort of a revolving door of quality off the bench as well. Mm. Those those players who pick those passes, they're not they don't grow on trees and they're not everywhere. So Things, things are supposed to be difficult. They're not supposed to be easy for us. So if teams do start sitting deep, I'm sure Eddie and the team have got a plan for that. Well, let's hope so. I mean, I think Tenali is part of that plan. He, he, when he pushes forward, we've seen it in, in the two games, actually. There was two occasions where he laid on a beautiful ball to Isaac in both instances, if I'm not mistaken. And yep. because he's brand new, because it's pre-season, uh, you know, Isaac wasn't quite ready for it. wasn't in the right position. didn't didn't expect it to come, and it's a shame because he was in a really nice position to um to you know take a shot at goal. Uh, so that's that's probably part of that process of trying to unlock these 
low block defending units uh, from these kind of teams. Um, but look, they scored. We got back into it. Uh, quite a lot of control of the ball. Eddie loves those drink breaks, doesn't he? He gets, gets a chance to have the, the lads around and tell them what they're doing wrong. <laughs> I think he said last week, he was like, I love them. We should bring them in, especially when you're losing. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> uh, and and so it, the game looked like it was just going to end. I actually thought we were never going to score, but then right on the 45 plus five minutes extra time mark, just before half time, Newcastle unlocked the, the Chelsea defence and, and get a, a well-deserved goal. It was a lovely move, a lovely ball from Gordon through to Miggy, um, out on the right-hand side. He cuts inside, sweeps the ball, past the keeper to the far corner. I don't know how many times I've seen him do that kind of goal uh, last season when he was on fire. Um, but it had to be Miggy, didn't it? The crowd went absolutely mental. It was lovely for him to kind of have that moment, wasn't it? Oh, it was great. And obviously he made his name at, at Atlanta United and that's where we bought him from. And that's where sort of he, he was a big star for us. When, when we bought him, he was our record signing, I think at the time under, under Ashley. And it was a, a massive deal that we signed Miggy and, Obviously, he started slow, but last season he was unbelievable. And you can just see now in those positions that he gets, he opens his body up and, and you sort of can put it down for a goal now. Previously, maybe two seasons ago, you think this ball is never going anywhere near the net. But now you can just see he's confident and and it was great to see. It was a great ball by Gordon, like you said. Gordon, to me, was fantastic this morning. He mm. he looks a little bit, not doesn't look like Miggy, but he plays a little bit like Miggy in terms of his intensity on the ball and I think he might have a little bit more quality, not to say Miggy doesn't have the quality, but a bit more technical ability with the ball to to create than more than Miggy does. And I think having both of those guys buzzing around and being sort of free around that that wing, it's it is very good. So I think the goal was well deserved, like you said, and for Miggy to get it in front of his former home crowd, it was uh, it was great. Yeah, the crowd absolutely loved it. 71,000 capacity crowd, I think it was, in, that, in quite yep. a magnificent stadium, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's a ripper. Yeah, absolutely ripper. So we're winning halftime 1-1. One, one, and um, truth be told, second half, there's not a great deal to talk about. It was kind of a game of attrition in many ways. It was Newcastle with the ball. Chelsea didn't look massively interested in doing too much. Um, in fact, if you think about it, Chelsea didn't do an awful lot of running at all in this game. It was largely Newcastle that were doing most of the run. Uh, which is interesting in and of itself. A um, couple of things I do want to point out, though. Nick Pope, he came back on second half uh, following his injury to his hand. And um, I, I don't know about anyone else, but I just get a natural sense of relief when it's not Dubravka or Dala will come at the Dala soon. But when it's Pope, you feel just that little bit more safe in the knowledge that he's going to probably be, be able to, you know, save the, the shots that sometimes Dubravka doesn't save. And he did have to as well. He saved a couple of beauties. Um, but the one in particular was right at the death. Uh, it was Chilwell, wasn't yeah, it? And he Chilwell, yeah. Took a shot and uh, Pobey managed to get his fingertips to it and push it around the corner. It was absolutely brilliant. That would have been 2-1 game, basically, at, at that stage of the game. Um, so brilliant to see him back. But let's talk a little bit about Lewis Miley. He, I, I can't remember. Is this his first start for the team? Is this his very first senior start for the team? I see senior. It's, it's pre-season again, but... Has he started for us before? I can't quite remember. Yeah, I don't believe so. He's definitely come on, but he, he yeah. hasn't started. Obviously, he came on last year against Chelsea in that last game and, and hit the crossbar when he almost scored the winner late on. But he, I don't think he started a, a first-team yeah. game. So, but I mean, the... Talk, yeah, talk, us, talk, us about, talk, talk us about how he, how he fitted in that team. It looked like he'd been there all his life, didn't it? He's 17. Well, the, the funny thing is, obviously, I don't want to 
rat myself out to my boss if he's watching. But <laughs> while you're watching the game on your on your small screen, you're obviously watching the game <laughs> and, and listening to what's going on. If you didn't know Miley was 17 and it was his first start, you'd think mm. the bloke, like you said, he's been there for 10 years and he's an established Premier League footballer. He's He's got the size, the technique, the balance, the confidence. I, I, I haven't seen, to be honest, a young kid just walk into a, a into a Premier League team and look as comfortable as he has. And he, I don't know how he's 17 years old. He definitely doesn't look 17 years old. But 12, doesn't he? Yeah. He's uh, he still, even though he's, as young as he looks, he, his body is quite quite good for that age. And he's got he, – obviously, he's not physical because he's a kid, but he's got the height and does suit the Eddie Howe pro, profile, tall, pressing, uh, comfortable on the ball. So, yeah, he's – He's a special, special talent, and I'm I'm delighted that he's got a lot of minutes in preseason. And and uh, Eddie Eddie has said he's going to hang around, which is which is even better. Absolutely, yeah. I was going to say Eddie Howe has said that he's absolutely not going to go out on loan this season. He feels like he will do better in and around the first squad this season. Um, get some minutes as well. We've got a fair few competitions that we've got to play in, so it'd be wonderful to see him. And he he has a, he has a nice bit of vision on him as well. That that ball yeah. he spread from the one wing to the to the other. I think I can't remember if it was the first half or second, but it was beautiful. I actually thought it was Tenali. It was so nice. Um, yeah, but exactly. It, it, was, it was an incredible ball. And also, uh, it was nice to see a few of the youngins getting on as well. So there was uh, Alex Murphy got on. Um, he actually replaced uh, Fab Shaw, who went down with some kind of injury. I think he felt a tightness in his hamstring. I think is what Eddie yeah. said. Yeah. Amazingly, it wasn't like. Concussion, which seems to be his his regular go to every. every well, game. he always goes down. He always goes down every game. So you think every game within 15, 20 minutes he'll go down. He'll look like he's shot, but then he makes the recovery. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ben Parkinson and uh, Jay Turner Cook managed to get on in the closing stages as well. Nice to see those two on. And uh, who else? Harris Ashby managed to get on as well just before the end as well. Yeah. So yep. nice to see some of the youngins getting the run around. That's kind of what you hope preseason to be a little bit about at this stage. Obviously, as it gets closer yep. to the season, you want to see more of the first team. Um, but yeah, so in the end, 1 1, uh, Newcastle remain unbeaten in this series. We only play three games as far as I'm aware. Uh, yep. We seem to be playing the three best teams, which is pretty typical. So we've, we've, <laughs> we've only got two points out of those two games. Villa sit on top of the table, I believe, um, on goal difference from Chelsea. And we play Brighton next, I think, at the weekend, is it? Yeah, Saturday morning, Saturday morning, our time, 9.30 in the morning. So oh. another great kickoff time and Beauty. perfect perfect for us here in Australia. But I think the way we played this morning in terms of the lineup, I think it's going to be virtually uh, a different team on, different team, on yeah. Saturday morning. And uh, we'll see how those lads go. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of first teamers that didn't play that game, Barnes and the like, so and, and Bruno and so on. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. All right, let's move on to transfer news. So we are still waiting on news on Livermento from Southampton. Uh, I don't believe we've heard anything new on that anytime, uh, anytime in the last few days. Um, just touching back on that Shaw injury, we when Shaw went off, we put... Burn into the middle, I think, and then um, uh, it was replacement. Sorry, I've forgotten his name already. Uh, Alex Murphy, I think, Alex he Murphy. went down the fullback, didn't he? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> with the with the centre backs, you've got Shaw, Botman. That's your first two usually. Then you've got the Cells and um, Dan Byrne, but he also then plays left back, which seems to be more the case. Um, we are we. Are we, do you think with that slight tightness in the hamstring, obviously, he's, if he's going to be fine, this isn't such a massive issue. But do you think we might be tempted to go back to the likes of 
Crystal Palace maybe and, and see if we can get that uh, Anderson deal done for that 27-year-old central defender? Yeah, I think we're short one centre-half, uh, especially a right-sided centre-half because you could see this morning when Byrne came on for, for Botman, two left-footers at centre-back really unbalanced us. And in a, in a Premier League game or a Champions League game, if you've got two centre-backs who are left-footed, it could really catch us out in terms of us playing out from the back, which we do do. So I think we do need a, a right-sided centre-half to, if not to back up share, to, to press him. My mate Jamal did have a good game against Villa, but I don't think he's going to be a long-term starter. So I think he's he's happy enough being that leader behind the scenes like Richie and he may come up, come on here and there. But I think we do need a, a bit more quality depth and potentially someone to push share if, if he goes on walkabouts or he does have a serious injury. We, we, we have no cover, a proper cover at right, at right centre-back. Yeah, I think my biggest problem with the defence is there's just no pace at all. The, the yeah. Sven Botman, big, massive bloke that he is, doesn't have any pace. No. Charles never been particularly fast. Trippier's not the fastest. Uh, Dan Byrne obviously isn't fast Burn either. Up. He's been. So there's a distinct lack of pace at the back there. So it'll be nice to get some injection for when the time, when you know, when the teams like Chelsea and Villa try to get in behind you and you need to um, chase them. Down Champions League as well, and, and not not just Premier League. There's going to be we're going to play oh, yeah. quality Champions League teams. We're we're in pot four, so we're going to have three, if not two, very good European teams. So they're going to have quality wingers, quality strikers. Yeah. If our defence is a little bit slow on the turn, it could be it could be an issue for us. Absolutely. So on to the uh, outgoings. There's no real news of incomers just yet, but on the outgoing side of things, uh, Jamal Lewis was hinted at going to Watford. I believe that might be happening early next yeah. week, although I might also be thinking of Ashby, who uh, who looks set to go to Swansea on loan. Um, that one is definitely meant to be sewn up early next week, so I'm not sure if I'm getting those two things confused. But the one that should be happening, it could even be happening right now as you listen or watch this, is Carl Darlow. He's off the leads on a permanent, um, and he's actually supposed to be getting his medical today. Um, we believe from the likes of Keith Downey that the fee is in the region of 400,000 quid. Demi, that, that raised a few eyebrows in our chat, didn't it? Um, now, obviously, yeah. everyone knows that we didn't necessarily need Darlow. He doesn't play games. He's probably uh, surplus to requirements uh, in the keeper department. Um, that doesn't help with negotiations, obviously. Um, and, and other teams know exactly what the situation is most of the time from agents and so on. But 400,000 quid for, I mean, all right, he's 32, but he's probably going to play a lot of games in the championship. Is that still a low figure? It feels like a low figure to me. Are we just desperate to get rid of him? To just get the, the you know, the wages off the books? There's a bit of that. We don't know what his wages are. So he he could be on a decent a decent wage from, from historical when he signed up with us years ago. So he may be on a good wage. So the freeing up of the wage plus the transfer fee could be a benefit. I'm a bit hesitant sometimes to believe what, the transfer fees are because the clubs will only believe only want to put out what you want to believe. And potentially there could be other factors at play in terms of Newcastle don't want to know, don't want to release how much he's actually been sold for or Leeds don't want to release to their fans. We've wasted X amount of dollars on a, on a fourth choice goalkeeper from Newcastle. So sometimes the fees might not be exact what, what gets reported. So I get a bit hesitant about, about that, but in terms of losing Dalo, it, on the face of it, it seems a low, a low fee, but I think at this point he's a fourth goalkeeper. 
let's just get rid of him and whatever his wages are, we'll clear them off and we'll move forward. Yeah, fair enough. And for the likes of Lewis and Ashby, if they are loans, it remains to be seen if uh, Newcastle end up having to pay some of the wages uh, because these lads tend to be on pretty good money as far as, at least as far as championship teams are concerned. So stay tuned for news on those. Moving on. Fan zone. All right, so let's get up this little, uh, little diagram here. So just out of the blue, earlier this week, I think it was, Newcastle uh, mentioned on Twitter that an initial planning application had been lodged with uh, Newcastle City Council for a proposed fan zone to be constructed in two phases and to extend uh, the site over a ground floor and the first floor. And this will be over the Strawberry Place Metro car park area, as you can see on the screen here if you're watching. Um, it's going to be built in conjunction with Stack, which is the, the guys that have the um, the shipment container set up in the city centre, or at least they used to, and our main sponsor, Seller, who are an events organiser. And uh, in this case, they will also be using repurposed shipping containers around a central plaza and main stage area. Uh, the new site will attract people of all ages with carefully curated events and attractions designed for families. So they're saying that because it's not going to be just about the football, not just match days. Yep. Um, so subject to planning and licensing being granted, it is hoped that Fan Zone will be open before the end of the year with an initial lifespan of three years as the club explores potential uses for the sites. Um, <laughs> I can't help but start with their stack. Um, anybody who watches that Tyneside Life guy, um, he does like really good videos about Newcastle. He, um, last week or the week before, he did a, a video exactly about this. And um, just, you know, just the way the kind of universe works, he kind of said, all right, so it's going to be done by stacks and he put up the picture and he pulled it down. He went, no, 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 it's not going to be stacks. It's going to be this amazing seller based, incredible world-class fan zone. What goes and happens? It's going to be bloody shipment containers by Slack. I mean, you couldn't, you could just couldn't script that, could you? Unless that guy actually knew it um, and doesn't it for laughs or something. I don't know. Um, but what do you make of this uh, move, Dimmy? Um, I'm slightly surprised that they're not going to try and get it in place before the season starts. Um, and can we read anything into the three-year lifespan of this? Yeah, I think it's a good idea to get something going around St. James's Park. Obviously, you're you're from Newcastle and been around that area a lot more than I have. I've only been there once uh, this time last year. But I think while they explore the, the option to extend the Gallagher and extend that stand, I think why not have another sort of meet up for fans or another area where fans can congregate to watch the to watch the games or to enjoy a drink or enjoy something before the before the game because there's going to be a massive demand we've already seen with with the memberships the other day going up and there was i think two or three hundred thousand people trying to get memberships which only doesn't which doesn't get you into the game it only gets you into a ballot to get a ticket to the game so the demand is going to be there especially now where we're coming up in terms of our status in the Premier League. So there's going to be a demand for us. So in in the meantime, I think it's a good idea to get something around that area. And I mean, we'll see how it looks and we'll see how it works in terms of in terms of live sites and, and stages. I mean, some of it can be a bit tacky and a bit sort of non-football-like and a bit too corporate -y, but we'll see how this one looks and hopefully it does sort of match the culture of football itself and the culture of, of Newcastle. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, it'll be another revenue stream for the club, which is always helpful, yeah. particularly if anyone's paying £10 for a pint of Modri or whatever it might be inside there. Um, hopefully, they'll have uh, you know merchandise and that kind of thing on the go as well. But it, it'll be nice yeah. just to see something happening with that area. It's been caged off for absolutely ages now. Um, and it'd be nice to see what they do with it um, and see how it goes. Uh, Darren Eels, just to finish that off, he says, our fan zone is aimed at enhancing the experience, not just for support and visited, sorry, not just for supporters visiting matches and big events at the stadium, but for people visiting the city centre seven days a week. Uh, submitting initial plans is just the first stage and there are a lot of steps in the process, but we are excited to continue working with our commercial and city partners to create something that will really add social and economic value to the location, which by that, I'm pretty sure he means Newcastle United. All right. So remains to be seen how that goes. Lots of uh, planning still needs to be done for that. So we'll have to see how that goes. Moving on. <clears throat> oh, yes. Demi, we are Newcastle United. So just as those plans were dropped out of the skies, completely unexpected so too was this two minute um swear thon <laughs> from <laughs> from amazon prime uh promoting the new documentary that uh, we're all probably aware of of being going on last season um at newcastle with the cameras behind the scenes in the dressing rooms and all the rest of it uh, it is called We Are Newcastle United. It is due to come out, I think, on the 11th of August. 11th. There's four yeah. episodes. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer, I do encourage you to go and have a look at it. It's it's pretty damn exciting. It's it's kind of a little bit jarring as well, in my opinion, to see things that you've never seen before kind of just laid bare in front of the cameras. You know, I actually took a breath when I heard Eddie dropping the F-bomb, for example. Uh, and, if, and, he, and he says it two or three times in this trailer, and that's just the trailer. So God only knows how many times we're going to hear expletives during this whole four-episode um, piece. But, Dimmy, I'm excited about this. Uh, I don't really know what to expect. I've never watched any of the other ones, so um, but I've obviously I've, I've heard some of the things about it, but I've never cared enough to watch other teams. But this one, I, I absolutely will be. I don't really know what, what to expect. Um, what did you make of that trailer? What did you make of the F-bombs? Um, are you excited? Yeah, it's it's amazing to see the, the, the documentary just gets you it gets your hair standing up on the back of your neck and it it really gets you excited for not only the season but to see what the inner workings are like obviously we're we're just fans on the other side of the world we we have no idea what happens behind the scenes we just see 90 minutes on the on the pitch each week really we barely see anything else so any content from the club that we see that is additional to the 90 minutes of football we lap up and the fact we're going to see Eddie drop f-bombs and and see other, who knows what else we're going to see on on the show it's 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 going to be amazing i just i can't wait to see it and i can't wait to see the the insights from from the dressing room and how how eddie converses with the players because you think he's a calm he comes across as a very calm and yeah. measured sort of manager and mad dog tindall is the one who's <laughs> going ballistic on the sideline but it could it could be completely reversed behind the scenes it could be mad dog says nothing and Eddie Howe could be the one saying, F this, F that, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, and, and losing his mind. So it'd be very interesting to see. And, uh, yeah, the fact that it's coming out on the eve of the season is even more exciting for us. And, yeah, can't wait. It's interesting that they've timed it just before the start of the season, isn't it? Yeah. I would have liked to have probably seen that before the season starts so that any drama that comes out of it, any 
controversy um, won't get entangled with the day-to-day -day of the actual full-on season. Um, I feel like Amazon have done that on purpose, but who knows? Um, I wonder if they'll start recording it from the days, weeks that Eddie Howe came in, you know, shortly after the takeover and that. I mean, I don't know the details of this, but if they did that, I think the when he first came in, that would be the most interesting part of this whole thing, I think, to see just the state that it was in. All those F-bombs yeah. probably came in the first two weeks. He was like, oh, gee, <laughs> he was a lot of shit. Oh, F me, F that. You know, so um, I think that would be really interesting. So it remains to be seen uh, what's included in this documentary. Can't wait. Four parts. First one, 11th of August on Amazon Prime. All right. And finally, just before we wrap up, we are running a competition. So uh, we are giving away a home shirt or an away shirt or that sexual third shirt, the carbon and blue, whatever it's called. Um, that's your choice. Could even give away the keeper shirt if you want to be really nice and ask us nicely. Um, it's up to you. But the, the competition is running right now. Uh, the rules are pretty straightforward. Uh, you've got to subscribe. That's the first thing to our YouTube channel. Um, you need to like each of the three podcast shows that we are running during this competition. This podcast that you're listening to right now is podcast two. If you haven't liked the podcast one, uh, please go and do that. And also you need to leave a comment under each of these podcasts. doesn't have to be a fancy one. Just leave a comment so we know who you are and that we can count you into the competition. We will be drawing the winner, or we will be picking the winner uh, after the third podcast, which should be coming out in the next few days. And we will announce the winner on, in the fourth podcast, which should be sometime next week. So if you want to win a home shirt and a wear shirt or that lovely, lovely third shirt, get involved. Uh, we will add the details of what you need to do into the description of this video on YouTube. And the best of luck to everyone who enters. Demi. That is bang on 30 minutes. That's been brilliant. Uh, thank you for joining me, mates. Um, let's hope we can get a win out of this America series. I'd like to just get a little W next to our two draws. Um, not be near the bottom of that table, even though it doesn't really matter. Um, and yeah, like, thanks for joining us, Demi. Thanks to everybody who's watched. Uh, we will hopefully see you for the third podcast in the next few days. Cheers, Demi. Cheers, mate. Oh,